Hello everyone, welcome to Word for Work podcast. This is Andrew here. And for today's episode, I had the privilege to speak with a friend who's in full-time ministry, where we'll talk about how he received God's calling, how did he receive the confirmation, and how has his journey been thus far. And with that, here we go. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Great to have you today with us. So I also believe from your side, it's been quite a busy period as well. I also been church now. Uh, everyone's preparing for the on-site services. But definitely it's good news, right? That we're able to congregate again. Uh, but ultimately also with safety in mind. So following the SOPs. And uh, all right. So before we begin, we always like to start with a guest introduction. So Daniel, could you share a bit about who you are? All right. Um, so my name is Daniel. I'm 23. I'm finishing up my last few courses this year and I'm back to church working full-time. So yes, I'm currently serving working in full-time ministry. Um, and besides that, just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm really into movies. love movies. Can't wait to watch the Zack Snyder's Justice League cut that just came out. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's great. And uh, you, you mentioned that you're in full-time ministry and I think it'll be quite interesting for our listeners to also get a bit of background on uh, how do you receive the calling to enter into full-time ministry and also how do you receive that confirmation? Right. So, so, um, so I'm 23 now and my, my journey with full-time ministry kind of started when I was about 16. So when I was 16, I was kind of asking God, God, what do you want me to do in the future? And I was just kind of open because my, my teacher told me, hey, you got to decide what you want to do next time. So when I was 16, I felt like I heard from God to go into full-time ministry. And so it was only when I was 18 years old um, that I started working in a church officially and like working and studying. And um, fast forward a couple of years and then, yep, here I am. <laughs> mm. And at 16, right, you got the calling and 18, you went into full-time ministry. How do you receive the confirmation during that period of 16 to 18, um, that two years? Yeah, so when I, when I felt like I heard from God, um, it was kind of, it started off as um, I was praying alone. It was actually in a service, but I was talking to God on my own. And then I heard God speak to me. And then I didn't tell anyone about it. Um, I just kept it to myself. And then I remember I was in a, I was attending a youth conference the following week. And in that youth conference, um, um, someone came up to me at the last day. Um, it was like, hey, dude, can I pray for you? Um, and I was like, sure. And then he prayed for me. And then he prayed the exact same thing that I felt that God spoke to me. Um, and, and so that was kind of like, boom, like, wow, like, like kind of confirmation. But I, that, that's just my experience, I think. I think it happens differently for different people. Um, but definitely, I think that it's kind of like along the way, um, God finds a way to just bring some sort of affirmation or, or confirmation. You will never know really for sure. Um, and in the end, you still need to make a choice. Like, like that time I needed to make a choice. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have the calling. You know, I, I feel I have a calling. I, I kind of got confirmation and people telling me that, hey, it makes sense for you to go into full-time ministry. But then at the same time, you still need to make a choice. You know, you can still find way to like, oh, you know, 
maybe not lah, maybe not, maybe not. But in the end, it, it comes down to you. So you gotta choose ah. Was it easy to say yes to the calling at 18 um, years old? Right, you had to make the decision. Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I would say I would say yes and no. It was easy, but yet it was the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because um um it was easy because my heart was in a place where it's like God, I love you, and I want to live my life for you. And so um because I was very open to God when I was a teenager, and so so. That allowed the Holy Spirit to kind of like work in my heart and work in my life, and then and then I was so in love with God and just so like God, I want to live my life for you. I want to obey you. You you tell me, I will do. And so because my heart was in that posture, my heart had that attitude towards God. It was so easy to say yes to God. In fact, I was like, cannot wait for it. You know, when I was sixteen, seventeen, it was like, what am I doing in school? You know, I should be mm. I should be doing something in church or I should be serving or working or, or doing something. But at the same time, it was hard because um, there's a lot of risk. Um, there's there's a lot of risk, and you don't you don't know what it's gonna be like, and and you have your own ideas, your own expectations of of what what it's gonna be, and and you don't know you don't really know whether it's gonna be like that. Um, and so it it was it was easy because my heart was in a place where I just wanted to say yes to God, but at the same time, it was hard because. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. You have a lot of different expectations and fears and worries and concerns. Yeah. Mm. And then, how was your maybe the first year like in full time ministry? Oh man. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um, the first year was tough. Yeah, the first year was so tough because, um, you know, your your eighteen year old kid. Mm. Um, you don't know a lot. You don't know how to do a lot of things, and so yeah. At the same time, you're you're going through this transition of um, trying to adult. At the same time, you you are thrown into you just started working. At the same time, you are trying to you know do ministry and and stuff like that. And so you just feel very. Um, I felt very inadequate. Very like I'm not good enough. Like what am I even doing here? Kind of thing. Mm. Like God, did you call the did you call the right person? And I think, and I think it. So during the first year, even even the the second or third year, um, it, you really question the calling. You know, like you you asked earlier, like um um what was your journey like when you were called, and what was your journey like, uh, getting the confirmation. And I think when you when I said yes, and when I was like okay, I'm gonna work in church, and then started I started working in church. Then then as you go through it, right, mm-hmm. you really you really question like, am I really called, or or what is my calling? Because it gets hard, you know, it gets tough, and and you don't feel good enough. And I think through that period, right, it really helped me to see calling a different way. It's because we see calling is like this um, magical, mystical thing, and and like if you're called, you know, then you you are anointed and you're the holy one kind of thing. Um, but 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 now now I think about calling in a way is like what is my calling as a believer. Or what is my calling as a follower of Jesus? Because in the Bible it says that um, the first greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and might. And the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so, so my calling before my calling, whether I'm a full time church worker or whether I'm an accountant or whether I'm an engineer, my first calling as a believer or follower of Jesus is to love God and to love people. And and when I'm when I'm walking in these two callings well, then it's easy to 
there's a grace and there's an ease when I, when I work or when, when I do ministry or stuff like that. And I think that's why it was so easy when I was, that's the easy part when I was like 16 to 18 of saying yes to God. It's because my heart was in a place of like, God, I love you. Just mm. tell me what to do and I'll do it for you kind of thing. But, but when you actually go through it and you start doing what God has called you to do, when, when the reality hits, it's like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Like, like um, um, am I called or, or did I get it wrong or whatnot? And I think the, the real challenge or the real challenge the first year, even the second and third year is to continue saying yes to God. Mm. Is to continue having my heart in that place of like, God, um, I love you. And I just want to do what you want me to do. I just want to be who you want me to be. And, 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 and when you look at calling like that, or when I look at calling like that, then, then I'm more concerned about, am I loving God well? Am I loving people well? Not so much, am I doing a good job as a full-time church worker? And I think that's my, the, the first, even the first few years, it really challenges you in like, like, are you called, you know, what is your calling? Or not just as a ch- church worker, but as a person, as a follower of Jesus. And so, mm. yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that's how I answer the question. What's your, yeah. what was your first year like? Yeah. I think also the beauty about it is that you no know, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. And mm. He can use anyone and you know, whatever he says is yes and amen. And it's also wonderful to see how God has called you at such a young age of 16 years old. And so how has it been like till today, your journey in full-time um, ministry? Yeah, I think, I think the journey till today is, is just like, again, it's like the challenge of saying yes to God. Um, I'm, I'm at an age now, like 23, you know. Now you have people at, you know, um, uh, around our age and thinking about the future, you know, getting a house or getting a car, or like my future family or, or whatnot. And so, so to say yes to God at this age is different than when I said yes to God when I was 16, when I was 18, or when I was 20. And so it's not like, you know, people, um, um, even for full-time ministry is the same, I feel. Um, again, I don't know a lot. I'm just starting out and this is what I've learned so far and from what I've seen from other people and what, I've learned from other people um, is that, you know, you can start out, you can say yes to God in the beginning. You can start out like, God, I'm, I'm you know, or it, it could be anything, you know, I start a project for you, God, or I, I start reaching out to this person for you, God, or I, I you know, go into full-time ministry for you, God. And then, but then five years later or 10 years later, you know, you're a different person. Um, you, you are a completely different person. Your life is completely different now. Mm. So my question my question to that person, my question to myself is that, am I still surrendering to God? Am I still walking in obedience to God? Am I still saying yes to God where I am right now, the same way that I did when I was 18 years old? Because there's more at risk now. There's more sacrifice to make. You know, I, I went in when I was 18. Um, um, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have any money. Like, basically, I didn't have anything. So it's basically like, um, there's not much sacrifice. Like, the sacrifice is that I give up my, my future kind of thing. Um, um, and, but other people who have gone into ministry when, you know, they were working outside and then they came in, you know, they, they, a lot of them take like, a huge pay cut, you know, mm-hmm. but they, they know the reality of like, you know, I know, I know I'm not going to be paid as much or I know, um, I know I'm not going to live a certain lifestyle, but the church will always take care of you. They'll always provide, they always do their best to, 
to to take care of you. But at the same time, you know, people who come in from the working world, um, they they know the reality and they sacrifice. And so, so I guess for me, it's a little bit different because I came in at when I was eighteen, and so now that I'm growing up, you know, I'm a diff- different person than I was then. Different expectations, different desires, different plans. So the question mm-hmm. is that: Am I? Is my heart condition still saying yes to God? Because the reality is right. The the sad reality is right. I can do well. I can I can be productive. I can be effective. But my heart is not saying yes to God. Like that's the reality, and and that's the thing that that you know. You ask me how has it been up to today? Like up, it's kind of like you go through a process of like, wait, is it which one is more important? Is the results more important, or is my heart attitude to towards God more important? Mm. And and I think I think that's why in, in in the book of Psalms you hear you hear the psalmist always talk about you know telling God or praying to God, search my heart, check mm. me. Is there anything inside me that that is not supposed to be there? Is there any sinful desires in me? Is there any evil inside me? God, you're welcome. Come and check me and 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 search my heart. And I think, um, you know, like you know, we can talk about like all oh, the things we learn or the leadership things that we learn or you know how we were different back then and now or the mistakes that we made or all the different kind of things, right? But for me, I think the most important thing and and the journey has been from then up to now, it's just like, God, am I still saying yes to you? God, what is my heart condition? Am I, am I more in love with you now than I was back then? Or has, or has the whole, this whole journey of like growing and doing full-time ministry, now I'm not as in love with you as I was back then. You know, because I know, I know the Bible way better than I did back when I was 18 years old. But the reality is that, you know, before I, I gone, uh, before I entered Bible college, right, this is something interesting, before I entered Bible college, um, because I've heard so many stories of like, you know, you go Bible college, and then you learn so much Bible, you learn so much theology, but then you stop praying, you stop, you stop um, doing your devotion, because you, you think you know it all, you know what I mean, and, and it doesn't just happen like overnight, it just happens gradually, and so like, I was so worried, you know, like, what's going to happen, you know, when I go Bible college, and so I, I, I was googling, and I was searching, you know, that's what we do right we, we we are scared about something or we're wondering then we just google so I, i'll google something and i found an article and it's basically like a guide on how to survive bible college <laughs> and and it was funny because like it was just saying like very yeah it's just it's just funny to read it's because like by then the author was writing like bible college is where you go and and is where your spiritual life just goes and dies in bible college and I'm like, what? Like, like, what? Like, what is this person talking about? But after going through like two to three years of Bible college now, like I, like I understand what he's trying to say. It's because you can know so much about the Bible or you can have so much discussions or you can read so much and you can, you can know about this and that. But your heart is so far from God and your intentions are so far from what it should be. And so I think now it's now the journey from then until now. And right now it's like, God, how do I, how do I move forward, you know, with the right heart? You know, God, how do I move forward? How do I do this and do that with the right heart? And even, even like, I just, I'll, sorry, long answer to your short question, but I'll end my answer with this. Um, um, I was reading a book, I remember, I think it was two years back. And this book was talking about how, about how, um, how our intentions are so important. 
And it talked about how as um, pastors or leaders or, or even lay people in the church, you know, when we say we want to do something great for God, right? It can actually come from a, a wrong desire. You know, I could say that I, I want to do something great for God. Or I want to build a great ministry for God. Or I want to reach out to this person for God. But, but it could be that my intention is selfish. It could be because I'm looking for people's approval. It could be because, you know, I, I'm, I just, I'm a very insecure person and I, I want to feel significant. I want a sense of significance. So therefore, my way of getting significance is that I need to do something great for God. And, how, and to me, when I read that, it was just like a boom, like, wow, that is so true. And, and I realized that if I'm trying to do something great for God, or if I'm trying to uh, be a full-time, in full-time ministry for God, but if my intention is wrong, right, how is that any different from someone who is cheating money outside? Like that is no different because the intention is, is wrong. And, and, and that's why it says in the Bible, you know, when, when God chose David um, over his brothers is that God looks at the heart, but man looks on the outside. And so I guess the way that I would describe my journey until now, is just a journey of realizing what's actually inside of me. Mm-hmm. And, and the Holy Spirit revealing like, Daniel, do you realize that? there's so much of this junk inside your heart. Do you realize that there's so much there? But at the same time, is that Daniel, do you realize that how much grace and mercy that I have for you? Do you realize that my power can transform you from the inside out? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that that's been my journey so far. And, and um, it's been crazy. There's been lots of ups and downs, but, but God has been so good. God has been so, Amen. so good. Like, like it's, it's like, I mean, some stories are too personal to share on a podcast, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but if I were to sit down with you in a coffee shop and we had two hours, right, I can tell you story after story of like how, how like in your lowest moment when you're questioning everything, how God showed up and showed mm-hmm. up in such a personal way that you knew that it was God. Like it cannot be anyone else. It mm-hmm. was God. And, and the realization that, you know, we always tell people, you know, in sermons, we hear it, you know, uh, when you encourage your friends or when, you know, you feel, when you feel like you're down or like, oh, I feel like giving up. And it's like, no, just don't give up. Just hold on to God. Just hold on to God. You know, we say things like that, right? Mm. But, we, but, but sometimes you don't realize that God is the one holding on to us. God is the one holding on to me because I don't have strength to hold on because I'm weak and I'm sinful and broken. And, mm. and to realize that, you know, wow, God, you're actually holding on to me. You're actually, you're the one that's not letting me go. It's not about how good of a Christian I am or how, how much I pray or how much I read the Bible or how much I serve in church or how many people I, I share the gospel with. Um, those things are not going to help me hold on to God. It's, it's just that intimacy, that relationship with God and realizing that, wow, God, you're actually holding on to me. Mm-hmm. When I have no strength to pray, when I, when I just, when I, uh, like, I cannot read the Bible, like, it's just too boring. Or when, you know, or it's just too, just takes too much to go to church or, or like, you know, everyone has their reason, their struggle. And to realize that God didn't leave us in that moment or that season, but God was actually holding on to us. And God has many ways to hold on to us. But if you were to think about it, if you were to recap or reflect, right, you would realize that God is the one holding on to you, just like God was the one holding on to me. And I look back to the few years, Jenny, and I'm, again, I'm just starting out. I don't know a lot. I'm still learning. But God is the one that held on to me. The only reason I'm still here is because he held on to me. He provided when I needed, you know, he sent someone when I needed someone. 
And when nothing else could help, his presence came and brought comfort, strength, and healing. And you know, the, 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 I, just, I just said that I'm going to end my answer and then I'm still talking. This is, what they, this is what happens when you go to Bible college. When they train you to be a preacher, like you, you know, the preachers say like, oh, I'm going to close, I'm going to close, but they're going to talk for like 20 more minutes. This is what happens yeah. in Bible college. Um, but yeah, I promise this is the last statement. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, this is bad. <laughs> oh, no um, reason. So, <laughs> so, so like, you know, we, if you were to ask someone, what is, the, what is the most powerful encounter with God that you've ever had in your life? They'll probably say something like, oh, you know, when, when we had this youth camp night session or when, when we had a speaker come in or when, you know, just the Holy Spirit came in a service, right? And that was the same for me. But over the past couple of years, like now if you ask me that question, right? If you ask me, what is the most powerful encounter with God that you had? And, and my answer would be like something like, you know, hey, when I was in the toilet, at 3 a.m. in the morning, just just reading devotional after devotional because, you know, you just felt like giving up and, and the feeling was so strong. And and you just suddenly felt, like as you're reading the, the 23rd day in a row of devotions, like just, just reading through, like you don't know what you're reading, but you just read, you know, God help me, God help me. Then the presence of God just comes or the whisper of the Holy Spirit comes. To me now, that is the most powerful encounter with God that I ever had. Not mm. the, 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 the huge service or the, the, the way the Holy Spirit moved in a revival meeting. Those are great. Those are powerful. But the most powerful and the most meaningful encounter with God that I've had mm. is not in those meetings anymore. It's at home, in my toilet or in my room, just pressing into the presence of God. And when God shows up, right, I tell you there is nothing, nothing that can beat that. Nothing that can mm. beat the feeling. Nothing that can beat that moment. Something just happens in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind. It's like, wow, God is holding on to me. And so, yeah, okay, full stop, full stop, full stop. Man, you know, I can totally relate to what you mentioned. It's not just about that one yes. It's not just about accepting God into your life. I, I mean, that's a very great first step into mm-hmm. Christianity and having salvation. Uh, but ultimately, it's that relationship, daily walk, your personal walk with God. So it's also a very good reminder to mm. have that yes every single day to God. And also, mm, yeah. in 2020, right, we had this COVID and the church was also closed because we had to do all online services. Also wondering, because you're now uh, also heading with the, the youth ministry. So how was it like during that period of time? Like how do you continuously engage the youth? How do you continue to uh, walk with them and minister to them? Mm, right good question right um so um i'm not i'm actually not hating the youth we have a youth pastor doing a really great job um so i'm serving with my youth pastor and, and just doing whatever i can um and so um what i think what what we did or what we saw like like when the pandemic hit right and then the mco start, started right then people couldn't go to church and you know um, we couldn't serve in church or we couldn't meet with our life group or small group or, or whatever you call yours. Um, so the thing is that, you know, suddenly is a question of what happens now, you know, like, like what, what happens now? Because, because that's how I express my faith. I go to church, I, I serve, you know, I, I meet up with my Christian friends in the week. Um, and then we talk about stuff, you know, we pray for one another. Now, now that that is taken away, then 
what happens now. Yeah, yes, there's online surveys and we, we still continue to meet in online life groups. And, and the church really did, with all, I believe all churches are doing their best. Like it's insane what the churches are doing right now. Um, so it's just people are questioning, even we are questioning, like, what's, like what happens now? Like what's the point of my faith? You know what I mean? Like you will see some, some people who, who after a while is like, you know what, I actually don't need to go to church. <laughs> I actually don't need to, I don't need this. So then they, they just chow. Like, and they don't, for them, they, they find it irrelevant. Um, for others, they, they um, this experience is like, wow, my faith is actually super important. My faith is actually what sustains me and what is leading me and guiding me. And then that brought them into a deeper um, deeper relationship with God. And so um, what we saw is that obviously we need to do all of the, the technology stuff, you know, getting services online, getting life group, connect groups online, um, um, trying our best to connect with people through text or call, um, <laughs> pumping up our social media, etc. But but nothing beats, nothing beats the basics. Uh, I think that's the one thing that, that we realize is that nothing beats the basics of just meeting with people, fellowshipping mm. with people, supporting one another. And there is something about being in the same room or hall together, singing together, worshipping together. That is a, a power when we come together as the church to worship God and to, to praise God and to hear His word. And, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, like, like the new normal, you know, do we need to go back to physical church? You know, it's so convenient. You know, I don't have to wake up an hour before church to travel. I don't have to put on a nice outfit. I can just wake up five minutes before, crack open my computer and just hop onto YouTube. Um, and so um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, is this the new normal of church? And I think at the same time, there's value in, in you know, um, making services online because you know you make it more available and accessible to everyone but at the same time throughout this season we realized even more how important it is for the basics gathering together um, being together as the church um, making effort to come to church and 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 sing with one another hear the word of God together making effort to meet up with our life group or our connect group and and so um, through this pandemic through this season um, especially from a church perspective or a youth ministry perspective, is that the basics are so important. The basics cannot go. The basics cannot be replaced. And the basics, for example, like gathering together, the basics like discipleship, the basics like um, evangelism, um, nothing can replace this. Um, and, and what we do has to be an expression of those basic things or those core values or those um, um, biblical truths and but at the same time it just it showed us through this pandemic or through this season um, what we really think about our faith or what was our faith level so what was the condition of my heart towards God you know I, I mentioned in the beginning that that you know when you take away church when you take away um, meeting with your life group or connect group when you take away serving what happens then you know and then that really exposes our the condition of our faith um, that really exposes that, you know, for example, like if I wasn't spending time with God, right, if I wasn't growing, if I wasn't, um, you know, if my heart attitude towards God was just like, you know, God, I'll serve, I'll show up in church, but that's kind of like where I'll stop, you know, I have my own plan for my life, I have my own, 
uh, idea of what my future will look like. I have my own expectations. So I'm just going to continue with that. So when you take away all of these things, which is what the pandemic did, then it's like you realize that, wait, so, my, so what's the point now? You know, is my faith really important to me or is my faith essential? Um, and so that got a lot, that got almost everyone asking the question. And it depends on our response to that. Um, and so, yeah, those are, those are some of the things that, that's been happening um, um, you know, since the MCO started from the church mm. or ministry perspective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can also see definitely was important that you transition into an online setup uh, to also continue to engage them. But also from there, you also see the importance of still a physical touch. And it's also very true. Once uh, we don't have the face-to-face meeting are our source of our faith based on our human interaction or really our source is from God. So I think that's a good point as well. So, all right. I think from our side, we're also coming towards the end of the episode. Uh, maybe you could give uh, some words of advice to those who are also deciding to enter into full-time ministry and also to our listeners. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this. Um... And I would just say, um, my advice for you to you would be say yes to God. There is no better time than now to say yes to God. Um, and I think for me, the reason I went full time when I was 18 um, was, I mean, looking back, I was thinking like, wow, this 18 year old kid is quite naive and ignorant. Like, what is he doing? Does he not know what's going to happen? <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but, but looking back, I think recently I just realized that um, the past four years plus that I've been in full-time ministry and studying in Bible college, etc. It's just been a journey of saying yes to God. There's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of mistakes. Um, there's been a lot of good experiences. There's been a lot of good memories. But it's just been a journey of saying yes to God. And I realized that when the moment I realized that, I just felt a sense of um, like God was pleased with me. You just feel this pleasure of God on your life. And, and I can tell you that there is nothing better than that, to feel the pleasure of God on your life. And it's not that you are doing a lot in church or you are the super holy Christian, you don't sin at all. No, it's when you say yes to God today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, you continue saying yes to God and you continue to obey God no matter what that looks like, no matter what it feels like. And when you do that, right, you will feel this sense of that God is pleased with you and you will feel this sense of peace and clarity in your heart, in your mind. And I don't think it's just applicable for people thinking about full-time ministry. I think it's applicable for, for everyone and anyone who, who identifies as a Jesus follower. Who, who identifies as a Christian because um, um, there's nothing better than to say yes to God and and so the thing is that what how do you say yes to God or how do I say yes to God well, how, how do I even know what he wants me to do and I think that's where I would really encourage you to just start approaching God with an attitude of like God what are you doing in my life Holy Spirit what are you inviting me into I remember recently I had a conversation with someone, uh, actually not recently, uh, but, but when, you talk, when you talk to someone who is going through transition, right? so for example, now I'm like going through transition from studying to, to working because I'm always done my studies. Or when, when someone who just finished their secondary school and is now going to college, you're going to transition. 
So when you go through transition, there's a lot of change happening. So you're in a very vulnerable state, a vulnerable condition. Your friends are going here and there. You know, you don't really have that sense of security that you used to have. You know, you expected different expectations. In secondary school, your teacher will fall out while you haven't do your homework. In college, you know, you don't do your assignment, then you fail and you drop out. Like, you know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna chase you, kind of thing. And so when you go through transition, right, we look at it as like, the, oh my goodness, so challenging. Well, you, you know, you, you realize that you feel like you want to give up, or you know, God, what are you doing? You know, this is not what I expected. God, you're supposed to help me. You're supposed to bless me. You're supposed to lead me. You're supposed to guide me. And I think we look at it the wrong way. And I think if people were to look at that transition, right, or that transition period as like a Holy Spirit, what are you inviting me to? God, what are you doing in my life? You know, just a very simple example that we all can relate with. As we go in different, as we transit from different seasons in life, um, people come and go. It's not whether good or bad. It's just the way it is. You know, when when I when I finish my my secondary school, so to say, because I studied home school, um, my friends overseas go overseas to study, or my friends study in a different place, and we all have different scheduling, different timing. And so you don't have that sense of security that you used to have, like, you know, my gang, you know, my gang is with me, we do everything together, you know, they've got my back kind of thing. And it's the same for anyone going through from secondary school to college and from college to the working world. People come and go. And so when when you when you go into college or when you go into the working world and then you realize you feel shaky, you feel like, what's happening? God, are you there? You know, God, why do I feel so lonely? Or God, why is it so hard? Could it be that the Holy Spirit is just inviting you into a deeper spiritual maturity? Could it be that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to a deeper intimacy and relationship with Him? That before your sense of security used to be your friendships, your sense of security used to be your gang gang. But now the Holy Spirit is inviting you deeper into a sense of like, hey, I am your sense of security. I am all that you need. Could it be that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to that, into deeper into a deeper spiritual maturity in that sense. It's not to say that you don't need friends or friends that bad. It's just that we look at the situation, we look at, at that transition. God, what are you doing? You know, I are you even there? But God is like, could it be that God is like, yes, I'm there. I'm inviting you into a deeper sense of spiritual maturity. Am I inviting you deeper? Do you not hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit? Do you not hear me speaking to you? And, and I would say, uh, just to, to wrap it up with two things, say yes to God. There's no better time than now. Don't wait, don't delay. Say yes to God now. And the second thing would be is to ask the Holy Spirit, what is He doing in your life? And what is He inviting you into right now? Wherever you are, whether it's a whether it's a, a college student, whether you just entered the working world, or whether it's you're still in secondary school and you have no idea what to do in the future, say yes to God and ask Him, what is he doing in your life? And what is he inviting you to? Amen. And you know, what you mentioned also reminds me of a Bible verse, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. You no, know, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So with that, I would say uh, thank you so much again, you know, Daniel, for taking the time to join me in this uh, episode. And also to our listeners, may you be blessed by today's sharing and also testimony by Daniel. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Right, bye-bye. See you.
Everyone, thank you for tuning in to this week's release of Word for Work. Do follow us on our socials and subscribe for more content. And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.